Hey guys, Finn here from the Grand Masculine Podcast. I'm super stoked to have my brother Joel from Evolve Brotherhood on today's episode. So Joel is a men's coach who works with men to help release the emotional and mental baggage that they hold from their past experiences and traumas so they can really step into creating a life that they love. This was a really cool conversation where we've spoken to many different aspects of the importance of men's work and like doing this work on ourselves. And I can see even stepping away from that idea is like it's not just about doing the work, it's about living and embodying it on a day-to-day basis. Some of the topics that we covered as well was speaking into the difference between toxic masculinity um, versus dark masculinity. And like, this was a really potent part of the conversation where we broke down like how important it actually is to step into our primal self and like actually allow ourselves to embrace some of the aspects of that dark masculine. Other things that we really spoke into was really the power and potency of knowing and understanding your emotional intelligence and really how to cultivate practices to start being aware of what emotions are coming into your body, how they're showing up in your body and what you need for yourself to help them help yourself move through them in a really healthy, happy way. So this was really cool conversation. So I really hope that you enjoy it. Uh, so check it out. And if you want to share it with your friends, share it with socials, that'd be much appreciated. Welcome to the Grind Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna Fox. I'm here on a mission to transform the everyday man into a confident leader. So they can show up in their truth and in their power for themselves, for their families, in their career, and for the collective as a whole. I'm super excited to be able to share conscious conversations with some good friends and awesome guest experts. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to continuing this journey together. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to another episode of the Grand Masculine Podcast. Super stoked to have my buddy Joel here on today's podcast from Evolve Brotherhood. Um, so yeah, welcome, man. It's good to have you. Pumped to be here, man. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. So before we get into it and before like, I find out a little bit more about yourself, um, one of the questions I love just starting off with going straight into is what does being grounded mean to you? Mm, so let me start with what being ungrounded is. And if, if we think of... Um, energy like you don't have to believe in spirituality to consider energy is wherever our attention is right and in the way that the world is today there's such an emphasis on the mind like even when we think about psychology or biology they always think the brain is the ruler of this organism and now we're beginning to learn like the heart and the gut and all the other parts of the brain you know contribute so much but we we idolize thinking so much and therefore people are very ungrounded meaning our thoughts and all our energy is really stuck up in our mind. So groundedness for me is bringing that attention down into the body, into the felt sense, being connected to the breath and actually participating in life through your, your senses like touch and sound and, and, you know, kinesthetic feeling, not being one step away, analyzing life and being kind of stuck up in your mind. So that's mm-hmm. what grounded means for me. Fuck yeah, that one's an awesome one. I love it. Like everyone like is is so different, but it comes back to so much similarity between it. But yeah, like I love that spin on it. Mm. And like I think that's such an important one is like you see so many guys walking around today, like we're just so caught up in our mind. And like it's really hard to like drop into our body. Um, so yeah, it's really, really powerful to be able to start bringing the work in that you're doing and being able to help guys come back home. Mm, home, I love that because like, 
it doesn't feel like home when you're stuck in your head. Like there's no, there's no connection to your intuition. There's no connection to joy or pleasure. It's like trying to make the right decision with logic, but there's no universally right decisions. There's only decisions that are true to us. And the only way for us to gain access to that is to come home to self. So yeah. I, love, I love the way you say that. Yeah. yeah awesome, man. Yeah. So for everyone that's listening, let's find out who is Joel. Do you want to jump me to drop into my story where I'm, yeah. where I was in the past, where I am now? Um, yeah. So I grew up in a small country town. Um, for those of you who haven't grown up in a small country town, there's, we only had like, one pub and one Chinese restaurant. There was no fast food. There wasn't, there was like one clothes shop and everyone would wear kind of like gangster surfery clothes. So it wasn't a very cultured place. And the, the masculine culture there was very much like drink beer and, and football. There wasn't a lot of emotional depth in those men. And I always felt, felt very out of place in, in those cultures. I didn't understand why, but I've always been quite a deep thinker. Like when I was young, I was always into studying mythology and, you know, fantasy and all those kind of things. I've always had quite a deep mind and I, I just didn't get why I didn't fit in. And, um, you know, as I began to grow up and began to realize that there's so much more to masculinity than what I was exposed to when I was younger. Um, and I also had like, and I love my parents to bits, but I have a very overly caring mother who very much babied me. And I was the, the youngest son with two older sisters and my dad worked really hard. I didn't see him a lot. So I ended up being quite a feminine. Um, I didn't have a strong backbone. I always did the right thing by my parents and I was raised in a, in a Catholic school as well. So I never, you know, I was a, I was a good little boy. And because of that, I never had much fire and much sense of self. And uh, I was naturally quite intelligent. So I ended up moving from that small country town up into Perth. And that was good because it began to separate me from my family, which, you know, kind of forced me into independence because I'd never really made a decision for myself. Yeah. And at that time when I was 19, I had terribly low self-esteem, super insecure, such minimal level of consciousness. I'm like, maybe if I join a gym, girls will like me. That's, that's how limited my brain was. And that was like what got me into growth. And that was the first time in my life I began to see that I can change and transform. Yeah. And, and, and I, I wouldn't say I became addicted, but I very much fell in love with that process. And um, that led me to eventually, um, I was studying engineering at the time. And I would literally play video games all day, um, eat shitty food. I would go out on the weekends, try to pick up girls because I was so insecure. I'd drink a lot and end up, you know, making a fool of myself, um, maybe waking up in my own vomit, shit like that. Like it wasn't a nice lifestyle and I'd end up you know, not really liking myself. And I operated that way for some time yeah. until I got to the end of my engineering degree. And and I, I, I hated the degree, but I didn't have any balls or a backbone. So I just did what my parents told me they encouraged me they wanted to support and love me and doing what was safe for me and you know engineers can make a lot of money and that kind of stuff but i was never didn't have enough faith within myself to make a decision and one of the biggest moments in my life was at the end of my degree i actually hurt my shoulder when i was training i hurt it really badly i partially tore a rotator cuff so i couldn't train i couldn't work that summer and i don't know why but i started reading self-development yeah. and that blew my brain hole open because i'm like wow i can begin to think differently i got exposed to the idea of paradigms and belief systems and all these things and i'm like wow I, i've been living as like a son and not as myself i've been doing yeah. everything that my parents want for me and never made a decision for myself and i don't know if you've read uh the seven habits of highly effective people but one of the exercises in there is called the eulogy exercise when you imagine you're seeing your own funeral and people from different walks of your life are talking about the man that you were and this is when I say I had my first inspired moment because when I was talking about, you know, some potential work colleagues, all of a sudden these words like life coach, nutritionist, counselor, trainer, all these things just started pouring out of my hand. And that's the first time I feel like I felt genuinely inspired mm -hmm. and I'd never felt that feeling before. And it felt so real and so powerful compared to everything I've ever felt. 
that I'm like, I need to follow this. So I immediately, uh, not immediately, but within a small amount of time, told my parents I'm not doing engineering. I signed up to do a personal training course. And for, you know, for the next few years of my life, I heavily invested myself into that. And that crafted a lot of what I do as a men's coach today. But the personal development that I was being exposed to is very much like positive, 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 think positive, <laughs> focus on your goals. And there wasn't a lot of space for, you know, both halves of life. Like there's emotions yeah. and other things you need to actually be in touch with within, within yourself. So I ended up becoming uh, quite numb and quite disconnected. And there came a point where I was doing what I loved. I was doing my personal training. I loved it. I was with a girl that I loved. And yet I was waking up feeling numb and disconnected and not, you know, I was having to mentally amp myself up to get through the day. I was so out of touch with a sense of fire or love within myself. And that's when I realized, okay, this, this isn't working. What can I do? And I ended up having a month break with my partner. She sent me a men's work podcast and it was actually one of Tim Morrison's episode, like breathe into your cock or something like yeah. that. I'm like, oh, this is weird, but I'm open to it. And <laughs> I ended up listening to it. That was a rising man podcast. I don't know if you've listened to yeah, it, but yeah. I ended up listening to an episode with a guy and at the time, I was too shameful and fearful of ever being vulnerable with the friends in my life. So I never made that step of having male support. And in my ego, I had all these stories like, he won't know how to support me. Dave never you know, talked about their emotions. I had all these things that were keeping me distant and separate. Yeah. But for some reason, one of the coaches on the podcast, it ticked all the boxes of my ego. He sounded spiritual. He sounded smart. I'm like, I can trust this guy. Yeah. And that was the beginning of my journey into men's work and shadow work. And I did some calls with him on shadow work, began to realize I was pressing most of who I was and trying yeah. to do the right thing still. Um, and that was a big painful slap in the face. But that was when I began to commit myself that I want to become whole again. Yeah. And that was you know just over two years ago. And since then, my whole journey has been returning to wholeness. So um, integrating the parts that I've lost and, you know, accepting that sometimes I'm going to be angry and sad and have grief mm -hmm. and have shame, learning to love and bring those parts in. And since then I've dived deep into that. I've gone on retreats. I've done a lot of uh, more somatic modalities, understanding that the mind and the body aren't separate, so understanding the body mind, yeah. um, as well as understanding mindset and then bringing in what I've learned as a personal trainer in terms of like breathing and movement and those kind of things into what I do now as a coach. So it was a big journey from being like this good little, boy and then this guy who thought he had his shit together that he was numb and disconnected yeah. to now actually being connected to myself and that means i experience all of life i experience the fear I experience the darkness but i also get to experience the aliveness and that's what i believe men deserve to experience because we're very disconnected from that in this culture yeah fuck it man like it sounds like you near enough said vast majority of my own story <laughs> there's so much you can relate to that like with like gr growing up in the small town being the youngest overloving mother like being a shadow of yourself doing things for other people and like never stepping into like your own truth until it's like mm -hmm. right, actually when when you do that like the power that comes with it's fucking huge but then yeah like getting caught up in the spirituality path like and like i was in that one for so long it was like it's all like oh hippie dude i like and love and it's like let's read the power now and just manifest everything and you're like yeah this this isn't working it was like there's if all of that stuff is happening it's like why am i still feeling these feelings it's like yeah there's lots of aspects in my life that are amazing i'm so grateful for what i have but there's still a lot of pain that's deep down buried there and it wasn't until mm. going into like the depths of my own darkness and seeing that and being able to connect with that and like delve into the shadow work delve into like all of that pain and all of the stuff that was suppressed that's when shit just started changing and changing really, really fast. And yeah, it's, it's fucking huge. Like it's so powerful. I love it. I love, and it's so funny that we've got spirituality so wrong. Um, 
for those like who may not be spiritual, my understanding of spirituality is like we're all spirits. So if you're being yourself, you're honoring your own version of spirituality. You may not ever have to meditate or do a spiritual practice. You might be some dude that rides motocross and that's your jam. But if that's what your spirit wants, that's what your spirit wants. So I feel like we've boxed up this term spirituality and credit it into a dogmatic thing as it is. And it's like you have to be positive yeah. and loving all the time, whereas humans aren't made that way. You know, yeah. we're made to experience all parts of things. And that's actually what makes us us. And that's why, you know, if you believe we're a soul who's come onto earth, we chose to have a human experience. We didn't choose to deny half of it and judge it and become righteous about that. Yeah. Um, and one quote that I really love is spirituality is inclusive. It's, it's yeah. not exclusive. We don't deny some of it and accept some of it. It's all of it. So yeah. why can't we learn to dance that dance? Because that's what, what we came here to do. Yeah. And it's so true. It's like, it's like when people think of spirituality, it's like you have to wear your Lululemon, have your chai and like have your sage and do all of that and have your crystals and stuff. And you're like, nah, that's like, there's so much, like, it's, there's so many layers deeper that we need to go to. And like, I love as you're saying, it's like, for some like motocross might be their spiritual practice for others might be going fishing for others it might be like it might be training it might be just going out in the woods doing different things whatever it is like so connected with that and like that's one of the things i find myself being pulled to so much in more recent like i know we were messaging about it is like with the men's work side of things is like i've got a big pull to start looking at it's like how we can actually start doing men's things rather than like mm -hmm. it's like it's not just doing the work it's like let's just mm -hmm. let's just go off to the woods and do shit yeah have a hike yeah yeah like it is yeah. such a big thing like it's even for like my past birthday there i was just like oh like, i want to do something with my brothers as i put it don't want to just like create a space to sit down and just be, hold like be in that space i was like let's fucking go and do archery and like it was amazing like it was being able to like go and actually take action and doing things being able to tap into that primal is like a such such a powerful thing mm -hmm. that can happen from that and like the more we're able to mm -hmm. do that for ourselves like it, it can just continuously return it for ourselves and that's mm -hmm. where we, we carve out our own practice our own spirituality however that looks for each individual mm -hmm. and, and i love what you said there and i feel like you know, we've had to kind of create a ritualized process for men to share because they'd forgotten it so much. But to a point, it actually becomes feminizing, whereas the way men traditionally bonded was while doing something together. Yeah. So I feel like if a guy has never fucking shared in his life, am I allowed to swear, by the way? I was, yeah. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> so if he's never fucking swear in his life, <laughs> fucking swear uh, if he's never spoken in his life yes you need to kind of create that ritualized experience to give them the opportunity to do it but that that if eventually if you continue to do that you're actually dishonoring the masculine yeah because we love to do shit that's how like you know i, I have times when even me and my dad were doing something together we hardly spoke but that was connection yeah so for us to honor what you know masculine connection is is, is really powerful it doesn't always have to look a certain way and for us to yeah. you know conform that like i've been to the nightclubs with my guys from from my men's group and when it had a dance and talked to some girls and stuff and it was great because that's what guys do you know what I mean? yeah. it doesn't have to like oh we better like take three breaths and sage and you know only <laughs> say our ho after everything we say it's like do guys actually show up in the world like that all the time no it's nice to have some rituals but let, let's ground it you know let's bring it back to reality and, and yeah. honor what how we're designed yeah i like that that's such a big thing it's like being able to live it on a daily basis like and that's one of my biggest things because i know for myself like on my journey is like i put so much emphasis at the start of 
looking outside of myself for these things mm. that is going to fix me. Because I, I felt like, oh, like, there's shit inside me that was broken. So I'm going to go to this retreat. I'm going to go to this immersion. I'm going to have this experience. And that's going to give me this big aha moment. And that realization is going to fix everything. And you'd have these big experiences. You'd have these big aha moments. But you wouldn't actually bring them back into your day-to-day. You weren't integrating them fully. And mm. like a couple of weeks, a couple of months down the track, you were back to the worst square one but you're even worse because like you had that you saw the change but you still haven't changed from that and then you start beating yourself up and start living that like like really like working hard and getting yourself stuck in that story so like that's where a big one for me is and like with the work that we do with the guys is like teaching them how to actually bring all of this stuff that we're doing and bring it into your day-to-day life like for me like i'm a father of two little girls I was like, so I was like, what, how can I bring all of what I'm learning about myself, all of the stuff that I'm doing with my men's work into my day-to-day life to have that direct impact on how I'm showing up for my wife and showing up for my girls? Because that's huge. And it's like, for some guys, it's like, yeah, it's easy. You're going through a shit time. You've got to take yourself a couple of days off to process things. But it's like, that doesn't work when you've got like two little kids, like looking for your attention, like fighting over a tie, doing whatever. And you're like, okay, it's like, I've got all of this stuff that I need to deal with, but I need to show up in my presence now to be there mm. to support them as well. And, be mm. me. and like that's where the magic happens when we're able to bring all of this stuff into that into that daily reality. You know, that's where so much mm. of our power comes in. Mm. Yeah, I feel like people get very obsessed with bright, shiny objects and peak experiences because it feels so significant. But you know, let's I don't I don't like to always call it the work, right? Because it makes it sound so difficult like my idea of men's work is like we understand ourselves so deeply that we can live a fucking incredible life so it's not work it's actually play like you get to show (laughs) up as your best self and enjoy your life right i feel like the the less glamorous side of the work is that it's a day-to-day practice and it can be quite mundane and it's just living with integrity and understanding when to use certain tools yes peak experiences are necessary to create paradigm shifts but like once you've created a paradigm shift, then you have to embody that person and become mm. that. Otherwise, you're just, you're just, you know, spiritually masturbating, for lack of a better term. <laughs> it feels good, but it's not actually, you're not actually being honest with yourself about then becoming that and integrating that. And I feel like a lot of people, they're more than happy to go to the ecstatic dances and go to the things and work with the coach. And they can have all their revelations on the call. But when it comes to the mundane, the non-glamorous, they don't value that. But that is actually your life. And yeah. that's, that's where it needs to be valued the most. And if people can just ground in a few simple habits, it's not actually that complicated. Yeah. It's really not that complicated. And people make it a lot harder than it needs to be. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, it's going back to, like, what are you doing for yourself behind closed doors? Mm. It's like, when you're on your own, when you're in the shit, when these, these struggles and these stressors and stuff like that are popping up for yourself, it's like, what is your go-to? How are you able to navigate that? How are you able to show up for yourself? because like, that's think, where yeah. that's where like that's where so much of it actually comes into play like, yeah. one, of the, like one of the concepts where, like, when I'm talking to like the guys that I work with is when things are going good when you're in a container when you do when you have that direct support with everyone it's like you're in the training ground it's mm-hmm. like things are going to be easy because you're not mm-hmm. like you're in the training ground you have all of this to your disposal like things you got are training wheels easy. on yeah things yeah are you got your mummy there being like you're doing well yeah. buddy like but it's not until like you are like faced with like a really tough situation in, in like a real life situation. It's like that's where game day is. So that's where it's like, right, let's actually pull out all of these tools that have been using and see how they actually come into play for yourself. And, it's and I find things, 
Yeah. yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, like it's when guys have them experiences like this that they can just beat themselves up. It's like, oh fuck, it's like this happened and this happened, and you're like, that's awesome. What did you learn from it? Yeah, and I and I find you know practice is fun, but actually implementing this stuff on game day is the most deeply satisfying thing for me. Like I recently went through a breakup of a partner of five years, and I'd never been exposed to anything really heavy prior to that after I'd done the work, and I navigated it through it so powerfully. And it was actually like an incredible experience. Yeah, it hurt, but I was, you know, I was on the edge of, I was letting my heart stay open. I was feeling it all. And that, the amount of confidence and trust I had within myself because yeah. the tools worked and I felt so solid, I now know I can rely on myself. And I would rather, you know, participate fully through some hectic stuff than live a mundane life where those things don't occur. I'm not saying I chase pain, but life is inevitably going to be challenging, especially if you're, you know, creating a life that you want. And that, that's where the good stuff is. Yeah. Like, that's where it's at. Like, if you're really at your edge, you're going to fuck up. You're going to fail. <laughs> but you're going to learn rapidly and you're yeah. going to expand. And, and that's like, you know, it's easy to do it in a container, but can you do it on the leading edge? Yeah. You're not always going to do it, but that's the point, right? Yeah. Let's, let's actually fully participate, get in the arena, get punched in the face a few times. You're going to learn very quickly when you got a black eye or an empty bank account or a broken heart. You know, that's where we really, that's where we yeah. really get to do the work. That's, that's really fun in my eyes as well. Yeah. And that's the thing, like you, as you said there, with it is like coming from your background, coming with what some of your big wounds were, is like you had you a lot of insecurities in yourself. And by being able to like see how you navigate it through that, you're like your confidence and belief in yourself is fucking sky high because you're like, ah, in the middle of all of that, is like I actually handle that so well. And like that's where you're able to see is like this is where it pays off. This is why you do it. Like it's being real with it is like. Everything, like everyone's not going to like flow through their life really cruisy it's like when people start doing the work they think oh like, everything's going to be a breeze it's like no it's not you're still going to get shit thrown at your left right and center you're just going to be able to deal with it a lot better mm-hmm. and i feel like in the healing journey as well part of returning to wholeness like i said earlier earlier is actually facing those wounds and emotions that were suppressed from earlier in life that you didn't have the you know the ability to deal with the time or the support to deal with the time so a lot of healing is actually facing pain and deliberately allowing yourself to experience that without judgment without trying to fix or change it so you can actually meet those parts of yourself so there's this glamorized idea that healing always feels good but it's like you know putting like betadine on a wound it stings at first you know you got to get in and clean all the stuff out it really hurts then it can heal so this idea of needing to cling on to even doing the work so that you have a good life my idea is to live life as it is and life is never always just going to be good life is a series of spontaneous events that we like to string together to think there's some linear sense of time but life is always throwing different things at you can we participate in that and accept it as it is and not judge it instead of always thinking it needs to be good mm-hmm. because if you look at nature i literally saw my friend show me on his instagram there was a hippo with an alligator being swallowed like that's nature right that's life like we have droughts we have meteors hitting the planet nature doesn't give a fuck about whether things are good or bad it just is and life just is and for some reason humans feel like we can get to some place good yeah but if you really understand doing the work you're not trying to get to some place you're just trying to be grounded in reality and participate fully but not play victim to it and add negativity that doesn't need to be there i think that's a big distinction people think they're going to get somewhere there's nowhere to get guys you can't bypass life life is always going to have challenge and support even if you and we've seen this in modern society we eliminate you know the challenge of having to survive in nature guess what we manifest other problems 
mm. mental health issues, physical. It's it's a it's an inbuilt part of reality is challenge. Without it, organisms don't grow. It's like removing gravity; your bones dissolve as soon as you enter space, right? Like we we can't avoid that, so let's embrace it and see the beauty in it and and dance with it when when the music changes. Yeah, beautiful man. So yeah, like from from everything that you were sharing, or like something that you were saying at the start, I'd love to hear some of the actual tools that you use for yourself and have used to help you move through some of these big pains and these big challenges for yourself. Like, what's your go-to? I think it sound it can sound really simple, and I don't think people value the power of setting intentions. Um, but when I set an intention, like let's say I'm saying an affirmation, I'm not just trying to state the words like imprint it into my unconscious mind. I'm stating to myself that this is what I'm going to begin to see and experience in my reality. And so for me, I, I don't know if you've done that. Do you know about the Enneagram? Um, no. It's basically like a, it's, it's a personality profiling system, but it identifies your main mechanisms to cope, right? And I did that and I was overwhelmingly a type seven and a type seven is be really positive. So avoid pain and seek positivity and create narratives in your mind that make things all beautiful and look forward to the future where it's all exciting to have to be present with the, you know, the pain that's here now. So I was heavily only see the good stuff, ignore all the bad stuff. So one of my main practices was setting the intention of, I accept whatever emotions are in my body, like without judgment, setting that intention and literally just breathing, bringing my awareness internally. I would do that every day for like 30 minutes a day. And when these bad feelings would arise within my body, I would observe how does my mind try to avoid that? Does it jump into thought? Does it numb the sensation? Do I suddenly get hungry? And my whole process was trying to unwind these innate mechanisms that my mind had created to avoid pain because pain is actually unavoidable. It's part of life. So can I stop this weird bias and return back to self and come back home? And it was literally by allowing myself to experience it um, in, in a safe environment with myself. Obviously, I've done like, like a lot of biodynamic breath work and things like that. But for me, it was literally bringing my attention into my body and letting myself feel the uncomfortable sensations that I didn't allow myself to feel. And now I had a lot of shame from a Christian upbringing for things mm-hmm. I didn't even understand. I had feelings of abandonment because although our parents love us, uh, emotional abandonment naturally occurs because that's where they're at. I had you know, a lot of anger because I was such a nice guy. I had a lot of resentment. And it's like, can I allow myself to fully embody th- these emotions without trying to get somewhere, without trying to make them wrong, without trying to fix them? Because these are parts of me. Yeah. And by doing that, by accepting them, a lot of them process because all they needed were to be seen. You know, if we think about the inner child, it just needs some attention and some love. But some of them needed to be expressed and gotten out through my body. Sometimes I needed to make lifestyle changes to honor what those feelings were trying to tell me. So there's mm. no right or wrong way to work with the feelings. But until I could remove my natural impulse to not feel and to, to numb or bypass, like I had a lot of numbing mechanisms, numbing mechanisms like pornography, I would procrastinate because I had a sense of fear or overwhelm, so I would just avoid things. Becoming really aware of all of those mechanisms, noticing when they're coming up and then dropping back into my body to feel mm-hmm. what's actually alive within me. That's been, in terms of you know shadow work, that's been one of the primary tools on an embodiment sense. Then there's a yeah. lot of more like mind stuff and um, introspection that goes alongside that, but that's been the most powerful for me personally. That's huge, man. And like with that practice for yourself, was that something that you had set up? Like, was it a daily ritual for you, or was it kind of you were just doing it when you felt it was coming up, or how did that look? So at first, because I figured out I was numb, I just like, man, I need to feel, and I would just lay there and just try to feel, and like I'd feel like it was emotions were so foreign to me. I would just feel like some like 
tightness or something in my chest. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what this is. Like, I, I, you know, looking back, it's probably anger or sadness, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm just going to try and pay attention to this. That developed into having the capacity to notice, okay, I'm feeling distant from my partner now, or I'm feeling you know, left at home within my body now, or I'm noticing my behavior change into my common avoidance or numbing mechanisms. Mm. Okay, now that I've noticed that, and I wasn't conscious up until that point, I was operating from an old mechanism. Now I can bring my awareness back. So it evolved into this practice that I do now. But prior to that, I was like, I just need to feel. So I just laid down. <laughs> yeah, like it's so huge. Like it's one of the big things. It's like, like this is the stuff that we weren't taught. We were never taught this sort of stuff as a kid. And like you were just sit down, be quiet, like be seen, like not be heard. Like you've got emotions coming up is like you're not allowed to express them you have to like push that down all of this stuff like and we wonder why there's so many guys especially walking around they're so broken and so like just disconnected from themselves it's like ah, like it's it's huge like and it's, it just shows why there's such a need for this work yeah man well like with what you're saying like in other words we've been taught to abandon ourselves by not honoring our own emotions and then we wonder why people feel stuck lost and disconnected when our emotions are our feedback system from our inner self yeah and then we've been taught not to honor those and listen to someone outside of ourselves and if we don't we get punished and that's you know for the lack of a better term that's really fucked up and this is why people don't trust themselves and we follow trends and easily fall into listening to authorities and people outside of us because we've actually been taught to abandon ourselves. And then we wonder why people are hurting and getting diseases and stuff. Cause if you've abandoned yourself, of course you're going to be in a lot of pain and yeah. of course you're going to seek things like addiction or, you know, codependent relationships and all of the other things that we go for food and drugs to cover up this massive hole in our heart because you know we were not cared for correctly and thus lost ourselves in that process. Yeah, and that's one of the things, like, when I look at what the need for men, men's work now at the minute is, like, it's so, it's so potent, it's so powerful, like, it's so needed, like, because, like, as you said, it's like, we were taught these things from our parents, like, like, they weren't intentionally doing that, they, our parents, they tried to do the best they could do, they gave us all of what they felt that they could give us, like, they've done it from so much love, like, it's not something that they've done against us, like, we just have to see that perspective for what it is, but it's our... It's our responsibility now to start righting them wrongs, to start making them changes within ourselves, because it is up to us in this generation to start learning how to do this for ourselves, first of all, so then we can start breaking that cycle for the future generations coming, because we were brought up in like more of that nature life. Whereas like we weren't glued to like computers and screens and stuff like that when we were kids. But you see kids now, they're already completely numb to everything. And then as they're going through their parents, like so many of their parents are numb to everything. So they can't teach. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what is this going to do? What's that ripple effect of that if something doesn't shift and change now? And I think this is why like this work is so vital and so important now to start making them shifts and changes for the future. Yeah, those thoughts scare me of like, where is humanity going? Because <laughs> we're already quite disconnected. And we're at a tipping point where this, you know, this work becomes so popular because people are getting so much from it that it naturally flows out. And I would love to think that's going to happen, but I don't have a crystal ball, so I'm not going to just pretend that it will. But the other side of it, people become even less connected and more consumerist and more controllable. And we lose, you know, the, the spirit or the essence gets kind of lost in the noise of this, you know, this, you know, industrial consumerist bullshit 
you know, reality that a lot of people live in. And that, that, that hurts my heart because living like that doesn't actually create any satisfaction. I always talk about the guys as like there's pleasure and there's dopamine hits. Then there's deep life satisfaction and being connected mm. to yourself and feeling alive. And most of the world is so obsessed with this. You know, maybe if someone likes me, I'll feel good. Maybe if I, you know, if I have the right toys and the right entertainment or the right achievements, but these little like little temporary ejaculations of <laughs> pleasure as opposed to like having this, it's like this little, this, yeah. <laughs> this deep, meaningful connection to yourself. And, and this comes back to, you know, seeking just the good, right? It's like, if you're really on purpose, it's going to hurt and it's going to feel good and everything in between, but that's life. Whereas, you know, yeah. our whole society is obsessed with keeping the image right and chasing the next hit, the next hit. And it's like, if you go to a doctor, have a pill, not like, okay, how are you emotionally? How's your gut health? How, yeah. you know, what trauma yeah. do you have? What's your lifestyle? Like have a pill. And that's like, very much the manifestation of this disconnected lifestyle that we lead. And, you know, that could spiral out of control. I hope it doesn't, but you know, that's the world we live in right now. Yeah. Yeah. So true. But like it is, it does give me so much hope, like seeing how much this sort of work is rising. Like it is, like it's such a downfall in like technology and how it's everywhere, but it's also one of the benefits because it's given people so much more of an opportunity to see this. And like I know for myself, like with my own journey is like, I struggled for so long because I never saw any other, any different way because it just wasn't available. It wasn't in my mm-hmm. sphere. It wasn't in the bubbles that I was in. But now you look around, you're like, oh, like there's so many guys being open to being vulnerable, being asking for help, doing all of that stuff. And it's like, I didn't know you could do that. Whereas like it gives people more and more people permission to do it. And like that's, it's really cool to start seeing that there's so many different types of guys who are stepping into this sort of work to be able to reach out because like your average Joe down the street isn't going to go to this spiritual guru for this, this spiritual work, but they'll go to like a men's group that is like, right, sit down and actually like do shit together and being able to like create that safe space to start opening up. And like by doing that, like that's where it could be more of that ripple effect coming through. And I think that's what we need to come back to as well. And remember. Yeah. There's a lot. I love to speak into that, man. That's yeah. It's so powerful. I feel like the first thing is like, once we've had the opportunity to have like an experience where we begin to know better and we're not stuck in this old unconscious way of living, it's, I don't want to call it an obligation, but it's our right to ourselves and to humanity to be authentic and shine our light and give other people the opportunity to be exposed to this information. Because if it's never entered, if they've ever only been in this room their whole life, they don't realize it's this awesome room with lots of love and joy and everything. You need to knock on the door and give some, some opportunities to them. Instead yeah. of like a lot of the time people get the spiritual ego of like, oh, I'm superior or separate to them or they haven't done the work. It's like shine your light and give other people the opportunity to step into that space. It doesn't mean they're going to be ready now. or They may never be in their lifetime, but it's going to take a lot of individuals who are happy to express themselves and not only express themselves to their community, but everywhere, be authentic everywhere. I think that's, that's really important. And the second thing with men's work is like I'm specifically – trying to target the guys who aren't necessarily conscious. I go and do promo at gyms and those kind of places because like men are so culturally we've been trained to be so isolated, so closed-minded, so resistant to these things. So it's, I think it's really important that, you know, men's coaches out there, yeah, it's cool to work with the people you love working with the most, but we also need to make an effort to get to the majority of men who may never even think about taking a step in a direction of positivity until they've had some serious mental disease or something. And I, yeah. and I would love for it to not to have to get to that point where they just get exposed to it on a more regular basis. So it becomes something yeah. more normal as opposed to just, you know, just conscious guys or spiritual guys or, you know, business mm-hmm. guys. 
Yeah, so good. Like, and that's it. Like, it's yeah, yeah. There's so many layers to it all, but like, it's so good to see like guys like you know, like going to the gym, like that because that's your background. That's where you've come from yourself. You know what it is like there. <laughs> so like, it's like you're just being that bridge, being that bridge for more guys to yeah. start opening up and being aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And we all have opportunities to be bridges, you know, in our own ways. And I think, and that's really beautiful. I don't like to, like, I hate the term obligation because like I saw that once written in some meme or something like once, you know, better you're obliged to share that, but then it makes it seem like some duty, like service to me. I'm not thinking about having to lose myself to serve others. I'm being myself so fully and wholly that I would love to share this with my fellow humans. Yeah. And that feels a lot more true to me instead of putting the whole fucking world on my back. Like everyone, everyone needs my information. Ugh, like <laughs> yeah. killing myself in the process. Like where's yeah. the joy in that? And that's why, you know, although I call this the work, it's so beautiful to see life as a game and to find, yeah. you know, the humor in life. Like I heard someone say the quote the other day, like if we, if we wouldn't laugh, we would kill someone. Uh, it's good to it's good to see the cosmic humor in things and to to bring in that playful aspect because that's all that children do and like i used to be uh, and i still play some video games but i used to play a lot of video games and i'll get good at them and why would i get good at them because i was having so much fun i was participating so fully in it, i was enjoying it and that's what made me grow i wasn't being taught that you have to do this to be better joel i was yeah. like yeah, let's see where this goes this is gonna be sick and, and i grew through that and i believe it's so necessary for us to all embrace that little bit more playfulness and that humor and it's it's from my own coaching experience and working with a lot of people it's such a powerful tool to disarm people's defenses and people stop being so rigid and when i'm being so silly and, and hilarious they're like oh I, I why would i keep being so uptight and they get into this really receptive you know yeah or in touch with themselves because i believe humans yeah. are hilarious we're fucking cool so you know when we give other people permission to do that because we're happy to be silly and humorous and that that's also like a really beautiful way to give people that permission to step into it as well step into the play into the play and that's it like it's like just getting back in touch with that playfulness is so key like it just yeah it's a big thing that's missing for so many people in today's society is it gives that playfulness it's like yeah like, I know for myself, it's like, I try to, like, embrace that every opportunity that I can get because it is, like, it's easy to get caught up into adulting and you're like, oh, fuck, mm. what am I doing? And I was like, let's actually get in. And I guess one of the things, like, I love observing people is, like, coming from, like, background in sports physio, I always observe people and just observe movement, observe how people interact with each other and stuff. So I'm always watching. So, like, anytime we're out and about, it's just watching and just observing. It's just like, ah, oh, it's really interesting. But then... I'm always the one that's like waiting for someone. It's like, I'm not just going to stand there scroll through my phone. It's like, I'm going to find a, a reel to start balancing on or playing on. You find something to go to the park and swing off something. I can be being that kid again. Whereas you see all the adults kind of looking at it like, who the fuck's this barefoot hippie doing this sort of stuff? Like, mm-hmm. It's like, and it's just being able to get in touch with that childlike energy is so, so key. I think it's such a joke that, you know, what we see as an adult now is someone who's so disconnected from self that they don't play. Yeah. You know, if we think about a tribal culture, the most badass motherfucking hunters would be all like that. And that would be like revered. Look at how well these guys move and how stealthily they are and how well they're connected with nature. And now the idea as an adult is some guy who sits on his ass all day and, you know, doesn't laugh and isn't silly and is super serious and stressed and that's what it means to be an adult like yeah yeah i feel like it's such a joke like adulting needs to be reframed i know why we use that term but 
but it's like we, we we need some maturing to do to really become like whole adults not these like you know everyone else was sad and depressed and disconnected and therefore you have to grow up and become sad and depressed and disconnected to fit with the mold but who made this mold and yeah. does this mold serve us like when i look at culture one quote i don't know where i heard this but culture is a mass hallucination so everyone has this agreed upon way of this is how we exist and we've all agreed upon it so we all can accept each other and fit in and not have to worry about being judged or anything but who wrote that script of the culture that we have to live in and does that script actually serve you as an individual and so much shame and insecurity and everything we experience is because we're judging ourselves compared to a script that is a load of horseshit and instead of comparing ourselves to that because you know we live in a world that they're trying to make people feel bad about themselves so they can sell them stuff you know and there's some cool stuff about all cultures but not all of them are universally true because they're all so unique so it's like what is our script yeah does that look like for some guy it might be being a really serious business guy it might be his spiritual journey for you, you're the hippie dude who's running around on swings and shit when, I don't know, you're in your mid-30s, obviously, something like early 30s, like, you know, and, and we're all so different. And I think, like, letting go of these universal boxes that we have to put people in and coming back to self is, like, what I teach in my work. It's not like you need to be this way to be masculine. I give people the tools to understand who they are and hold them accountable to their agreements to themselves because how am I meant to know better than them of what their heart wants? Mm. So all I'm trying to do is get their pain out the way and their conditioning out the way so they can actually reconnect to them because then they're tapping into the most intelligent thing ever, which is their own intuition. Yeah. And that's something that's not valued enough these days because we're so obsessed with rationality and we need evidence to believe something. But how yeah. can you, like, if you're trying to experience something new, there's not going to be evidence yet. Mm. So you have to believe in the possibility of it. And the only thing that can teach us that is our heart but we're so limited by need and seeing the evidence before it exists. It, it doesn't yeah. really make sense the way that we operate and freeing people from that can be really scary because our mind likes to have this certainty and control and letting go of that is really scary. But once you've had enough experiences of it and I have myself personally, then I'm like, well, it just makes sense. Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense to listen to my intuition rationally, but it makes more sense than my mind. And yeah. that, that can be a very scary leap for people because it doesn't yeah. make sense. But it's like, once you get it, I recommend everyone to, at least give like 25 years of your life to try to understand your intuition. Once you start getting it, everything's good. You know, you yeah. don't have to, you don't have to logic your way like a dry computer through life. Yeah, for sure, man. Like it's so, so powerful. It's like, it's like that whole um, aspect of like, you've got like your three brains. This is like your head, your heart and, and like your gut, like your intuition. Like and it's, if it's not a fuck yes from all three of them, then it's a no. It's like where so many mm -hmm. just get caught in that head. We can't tap into the other ones. And you're like, right, logically, this 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 isn't working. But then there's like, right, connecting with the other ones. Like, and the more we're able to embody that, like you're making a full embodied decision for yourself. And it is like for at the start, like you have to learn to surrender and let go of some of that control, let go of some of the expectations that you put on certain things for yourself to see what is coming there. Because like as you said, it's like we all have this untapped potential that is that is there for each and every one of us. It's just allowing ourselves to strip away them layers, strip away them conditions, strip away them stories that hold us back. And so much of that is stuck in our head. Whereas the more we're able to like get out of that and like drop into ourselves and drop into our body fully, like that's like it's going to lead you in the right direction. Amen to that. Yeah. Amen to that. That's why we get grounded, man. That's why we reconnect. And yeah. at first, I find when a lot of people, you know, when they've been so in their head for so long and then they finally get back into their body, 
it can be quite a foreign and scary place because there's a lot of emotions that they haven't faced. Yeah. And it's not always like, okay, oh, my heart's online, my gut's online, I've got intuitions. Like, oh shit, there's all this stuff I haven't faced. You know, my body feels exhausted or overwhelmed. I'm full of sadness. And often we need to give space to, you know, honor that and feel that, heal that before we actually get access to our heart because our heart's so mm. full of sadness. Yeah. So again, like sometimes we got boom, intuition. Sometimes it's like, this sucks. It's like, okay. <laughs> That's just how your body is because you've been ignoring it. Like, yeah. give it some love and then it's going to give you back what you want. And for a long time, I actually experienced adrenal fatigue and all these things when I was so much of a people pleaser and I was trying to do the right thing because I wasn't honoring my body. And I was actually having resentment towards my body for not doing what I wanted it to do because I wasn't honoring it. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, because we're so up here, we don't realize how incredible and miraculous and beautiful our body is. And we just take it for granted. And when you begin to send love to it, like one of my affirmations at the moment, which I got from this really cool book called Eastern body, Western mind is I trust the wisdom of my body. I trust the wisdom of my body. And from that, when there's a sensation, I'm not like, Oh damn it. My shoulder's sore. I'm like, what is my body trying to tell me? Thank you. You know, what is my gut trying to tell me? Thank you. Instead of, thinking it's getting in my way it's actually a really beautiful part of my experience and that rewriting that for me has really allowed me to trust all of its sensations more and therefore have such a deeper relationship with myself as well yeah so beautiful man so good like and that's the thing like it's the more we're allowing ourselves to trust our body in that way like it's it is so many answers it's so much like and it's yeah, like it's just allowing ourselves to be open to seeing the messages that it is telling us. Uh, yeah, I feel like I'm called to share, like with men specifically, we've, I don't know if you've heard about the dark masculine archetype, and there's two ways we can kind of look at that. You can look at light as being like love and light and dark as like, you know, the primal, or we can see light as the parts that society accepts and dark being the shadow side of masculinity. Yeah. And within that shadow side of masculinity, we've really, there's not a lot of space for dominance and aggression and sexuality and violence. And these are all part of masculinity. Mm. You can't like masculinity evolved to be violent. It doesn't mean we have to express it in an unconscious way that it's harmful, but killing it in business is still attached to that violent. We ritualize war experiences in our sports. You know, we intentionally put ourselves through pain or do combat sports. And I feel like when we're returning to our body, we also have to give room for those impulses for yeah. our sexuality, for our potency, for wanting to take up space, for wanting to stand true for what we are, have strong boundaries and stay true to that because because of the backlash that, you know, all these terms like toxic masculinity and all these terms have expressed, those were men who were wounded and expressing mm. distorted masculine energy. But at its origin, those impulses of sexuality and strength and potency are really beautiful if the, the distortion is cleaned away and we, we go to the root of it. But unfortunately, mm. we live in such an unconscious world where like all those traits are bad. And then, you know, we, we I don't know about you, but there's a big generation of young men who have been raised by women who have those woundings from the masculine. And then actually yeah. mother and, you know, the teachers discipline those masculine attributes out of young boys. Yeah. And yeah. so when we're returning to self, it's good to know that, yes, you're going to feel pissed off sometimes mm. when someone crosses you. That's natural. Yeah. Yes, you're going to want to fuck. As long as you're doing it consciously and objectifying women, that's a part of your gift to this world. And that's like the primal masculine. That's what it's about. And that's yeah. where so many of the delicious fruits of life exist. So not to shame them and not to make them wrong. I know for myself, because I grew up in a very Christian um, environment, but if we zoom out, Western culture has so much Christian influence in it. Yeah. And therefore we make those attributes wrong. So it's important when we return to self to accept it. 
I'm actually a man. And part of being a man, like if we just look at testosterone as a hormone, it is associated with violence and risk-taking and dominance. Do we have to do that at the expense of others? No. Can we integrate that in a loving way and enjoy the fruits of that? Yes. And I feel mm -hmm. like it's a really important thing to note about the body. Yeah. That's awesome. Like it's a beautiful way of being able to put it. Like it's like looking at it from the difference between the toxic masculine, which is like shaped by culture to like that dark masculine that we can embrace through like a primal. Like it's like there's so, so much potency and power that can come from tapping into that primal energy that we all hold. But it's just bringing that conscious energy and that conscious awareness to how we do it. Yeah, I heard this one guy's like, infuse your cock energy with your heart. <laughs> if we think about, you know, male sexual sexual energy, penetrative. Yeah. Like, we want to, you know, fuck the world. And, and I'm not saying that in like a, in like a fucked up way, but it's like, we want to go kick ass. We want to push our essence into life. And that's mm. our gift as men. And we've yeah. lost that in so many ways. And when I think about, you know, the state of the world, when we've got a lot, I don't know what your, your politics is, and I'm not big into it, but... I don't believe politics would be the way that it is if all men tapped into their, their dark masculine. Because yeah. you can't control yeah. a population of guys who are kings who are not needing to be controlled. But because we're so suppressed, even on like a health level, testosterone levels are dropping because guys are eating absolute shit. They're stressed. They're not sleeping well. They're exposed to like toxic shampoos and estrogen and 5G and all this stuff. So we're so suppressed on a physical level then culturally we're suppressed and we wonder why the world doesn't have order to it because where are the men to bring the order back? Yeah. Where is the strength and where is the guys? I'm not going to stand for that. We're all so disconnected and we're numbing ourselves through pornography and through anything we can get our hands on because we're, we're disconnected from our power. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. So yeah, like there's so many different areas to kind of spin off with that. But one of the ones that I, that I want to tap into with you is like, utilizing the power of movement and like that primal activation for ourselves like mm. because i know like coming from like your background like in pt and movement and breath work and stuff like that and that's something that like you bring into a lot of the work you do is like, like share how that looks for you with the guys that you work with mm. i love rough housing i think rough yeah. housing is really fun i think with movement it's like okay whenever i'm creating an event for an experience i'm like what am i trying to teach the guy through this experience because we learn through experience. We don't just learn through throwing out a concept. Or if I deliver a concept first, then I create a ritualized experience for them to then experience it. Mm -hmm. And Joe Dispenza said, you know, knowledge for the mind is like experience for the body. Mm -hmm. So you need, to, you need to you know, plant seeds in both the mind and the body for true learning to occur. So once I've given them on a mental level, then they have to have felt it on a physical level to fully understand the concept. So it depends what I'm trying to get them to do. If I'm trying to get them to surrender, we will use ecstatic dance. My good friend, Douglas, that I'll, I'll try and hook you up with, but he teaches men to uh, stripper. He teaches men sensual movement and dance. So we get guys to understand how to dance and enjoy their body. If it's about connection, we'll do basic connection games, stuff similar to what you do. If it's about tapping into their warrior or exploring boundaries, we get them to explore their boundaries physically. So, yeah. As an experience, especially for men, we're, we're used to doing stuff. We're built to do things, right? So I create experiences where they get to do it, but experience it on a bodily level. Beyond that, it depends what you're trying to get out of the, of the, um, the use of movement itself. I've been playing with some bioenergetics and those kind of movements for moving energy within the body. So basics, just like percussion to ground more awareness into the body. You've got the bow and the arch, which are certain poses that open up tissues and uh, for those people who don't know, there's a term called armoring where we believe, or they believe, 
psychoanalysts and modi- uh, somatic mind-body practitioners believe that when we don't fully experience an emotion and, it, and when we hold it down because it wasn't allowed to flow freely in that moment, we create armoring, which is muscular tension within the body. So using certain positions and breathing techniques to remove that armor and to move that stagnant energy in that body. So our whole system is less stuck. And so we express more freely. That's, yeah. that's really powerful. Um, so I, I like to do those in the mornings combined with different forms of breath. Um, and then ultimately I feel like a guy needs to find what is, where is his home within his movement practice? Mm-hmm. Is it a combat sport? Is it weightlifting? Is it dance? Is it a bike? I'm not here to say there's one size fits all, but you need to have a couple. I think you need to have one that really gets you into your feminine and flow and you get pleasure from and, um, you know, feel more slow and relaxed and unwind. Mm-hmm. And then there needs to be one where you get to meet an edge. Yeah. You get to meet an edge of like, okay, this is actually really physically demanding. Yeah. Can I, can I dance here? Can I, can I explore this further? Can I stretch the limit of who I thought I was? Cause that's when we feel most alive. So uh, it really depends what we're trying to get out from it, but I'm a, I'm a massive fan of um, bioenergetic movement and specific embodiment practices. Yeah. Um, I'm getting into a dance a lot more myself and that's brought a lot for me. We do self pleasure practices with the guys to get them more in touch with their sexuality. And we even within the sexuality workshop we do, we get them to learn to move their spine and their hips and, you know, breathe with that and actually, feel the sensual nature of their body as well yeah. so in all the ways that i operate I always deliver a lesson but then i create an experience with movement or you know with the body or even just with connection like eye gazing and different things like that yeah so powerful man i can yeah like i guys just touched on with that like it's having a variety of different things that you can use and tap into with that with the movement side of things like it's like it's not just one size fits all um and like having like when you have a few different things at your disposal it's like you're feeling angry you're feeling frustration it's like right tap into your prime and like, go and fucking lift some heavy shit it's yeah like, it's like you feel like you you want to surrender you want to be more nourished it's like put on some soothing music and just allow yourself to flow and dance and move mm-hmm. and breathe and stuff like it's just it's like such a big one being able to go and have that dance between both like is, is really important like it can make big shifts when guys are able to tap into that yeah and that for me you know it comes back to trusting the wisdom of my body what is this feeling you know feelings have a few purposes to communicate outward so that because we're so tracious so other people know how we're feeling you know, that guy's pissed off i better keep some space away from him or you know she's putting out some seduction with her eyes there i'm going to come come closer to her but then it's communicating inwards to compel us to take an action yeah so once we begin to trust these feelings okay like i know i can move this or embrace this through this movement practice or through this embodiment practice and we begin to not even need to think of it as a practice we're just being how we you know it yeah. naturally is to be in this moment without our mind interrupting that process because it's it's you know i don't want to use the word gay but you know some guys judge movement as like dancing is homosexual i grew up in a country town where none of the guys danced everyone just stood there you know and they were like you know they would make fun of the guys who would move you know so we can have these judgments in our mind of whether things are right or wrong this guy's taking up so much space and being so loud this guy laughs like a girl let your body do its thing it's so much more satisfying than like contracting it down and holding it in and like not actually getting to enjoy what your body has to offer you yeah yeah oh man it's so good like and it's you just see the continuous common theme coming up through is it's just like with everything it's just bringing that awareness to what emotions are coming up what emotions are being suppressed being able to allow yourself to sit with that allow yourself to tap into that and then see it as like right what action do i need to help move through this and like it's just the more we're able to do that rinse and repeat it's like big shifts will happen 
Mm, and one thing I'd love to add to that, because that's like a big part of my practice. But the other part is, it's like, if a feeling's missing, what do I need to do in my life to make it come? So if I'm not feeling solid in myself, maybe I haven't been taking enough action in my business. Yeah. You know, maybe I haven't actually been doing the acts that would generate that feeling. I think it's a big bypass of like, if we sit here and say, I love myself in the mirror, we're just going to feel love. It's like, no, you have to go do the things that you want to do and go show up in the world and create the results. Like, will you feel confident if you're sitting on your ass? Probably yeah. not. And you're not supposed to because you're meant to, those feelings are meant to be an indication of how you're participating in your life. So if there's feeling a lack, sometimes it's good to be like, okay, I need to move some heavy stuff. But sometimes it's like, what am I not doing in my life? Yeah. What inactions are actually causing me to feel bad about myself? Fuck, I, I haven't actually taken any action towards what I love. No wonder I feel like shit. Yeah. So learning to decode what an emotion has, it's not always there to be cleared. It's sometimes an absence of something else or it's calling you to another direction. And that's why, because we haven't been taught emotional intelligence, learning to play, okay, this time I'm going to try and move and clear. Okay, that didn't work. Maybe I should take some, oh, okay, that, that actually worked. It's like an iterative process for me to be able to understand the language of my body mm. because it's not so literal and because it hasn't been taught. For me, it's taken time. It's taken a couple of years and I'm still learning to begin to trust it and be like, ah, okay, thank you, feedback. Let's go do this. Yeah, yeah. So true. Like, and it is like, it's just, it's a constant never ending process of just learning and relearning and just integrating it all. Yeah, unlearning, unlearning all the bullshit, relearning. <laughs> who you are and then because we're always changing and because life is always changing you're never going to get to a destination yeah so this is why we always have to be present and always have to be conscious always have to be doing our practices like i like the idea of practice because in practice you're not trying to necessarily get a result you're you're doing it well you're doing it with love you've got this you know in zen they call it the beginner's mind you're not assuming you're an expert you're humble and you're practicing yeah. The moment that we, we feel like we're there, we don't honor our practices and we begin to judge how well we're performing and it becomes an act instead of a practice. So if like yeah. wherever we are in life, we need to find our practices that work for us and everyone's so different. So you might have to go through a few different courses or a few different people until you find your own practices. But eventually, you're like, okay, if I journal in the mornings, if I do a bit of movement, you know, if I do a bit of breath, I'm going to feel okay for the majority of the time and maybe once every couple of weeks, I need to do something else just to clear some shit, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And then moment by moment is practicing living with an open heart, practicing staying true to yourself, practicing noticing when you're not being authentic. It's all a practice. If you fuck up, that's okay. If I'm practicing basketball and I miss, I'm not like, ah, oh, fucking suck. It's like, no, I miss. I can yeah. feel into this one. Okay, I missed again. It's, ah, that one felt good. You know, it's, it's a very different, it comes yeah. back kind of like play. It's, it's just these slight tweaks of observing life to not, let life be serious and constraining as though we have made it because humans are a work in progress. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're never there. We're always, I heard this really cool term that we're not nouns. I think it's verb. We're, we're, I'm joling right now. I'm not just Joel. I'm not fixed. I am joling and I'm yeah. always going to be joling and that's always going to look different. It's can I work with that and play with that and grow with that? Not be like, fuck, I didn't live up to Joel's standard. Now yeah. I'm less than. It's a very yeah. different mentality, and then we can spiral downwards. When even when we're spiraling downwards, I'm still jolling. It's all it's all the same stuff, you know. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. It's so good. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, so good. Like it's yes, yeah, such a nourishing conversation. Like this, yeah. There's lots more we can go into, but just mindful of time and stuff like that. So I think I'd love to just finish off with like, what's the 
What's the one or two pieces of advice that you give to a guy who is on the fence, who is wanting to step in and learn more about themselves? Like what, what piece of advice would you give them to just help them kind of take that next step? Well, one of the most fundamental things we need to understand is you don't know what you don't know. So, and, and if I elaborate on that, are you, do you think you've already experienced the most love, the most joy, the most power, the most results you ever have in your life? If you do, I think you're full of shit. So you need to, you need to, you need to realize that you haven't. And if you haven't, it would make sense to try different things to get you closer to that. So you don't know what's out there. You need to admit that you don't know. That creates curiosity. Curiosity creates open-mindedness. And then you're actually realizing that, bro, there's that, you're actually living in a small room. And there's a lot bigger room there. You're in a small pond and you could go swim in the ocean. You don't even realize you're in a pond. So when we realize you don't know what you don't know, that's admi admission that you're in a pond. So if you're on the fence, being curious and realizing there's a lot more to life than you know right now, and that exists forever. Yeah. You know, if you're a millionaire, you can become a billionaire. I'm not saying it's about results, but like there's yeah. always more depth and more deliciousness to be had. So why not have it? Mm. It'd be silly not to in my mind. I always like you have a choice, but the choice would be stupid not to. Yeah. In my mind. That's why I always make the, the you know the more adventurous or opening choice, because it's like, why would I do a boring, limiting thing? Yeah. Um, that's the first thing. Did you ask a couple of things? Is that yeah, go for it. Um and you also have to be really, really fucking honest with yourself about the amount of pain you're in. And I use this analogy, it's like getting on the scales. When someone's overweight, and, I, and I'm not judging them, but so often they're too fucking scared to get on the scales because they don't want to admit themselves the level of pain that they're in. Mm. So you take a really good look at your life. Are you actually experiencing joy every day? Are you actually feeling close to people? Are you feeling distant and insecure? Do you actually like your job or do you not? Be really honest with yourself. It's probably going to hurt, but pain exists to bring more awareness to things. If I step on something and cut my foot, it's not trying to stop me. It's trying to be like, bro, be careful with your foot. So if you're feeling emotional pain and dissatisfaction, it's your emotions trying to tell you, bro, look here more closely and do something about it. And because yeah. men are so numb and they deny their feelings, practice actually being really objective with yourself about how satisfied or dissatisfied you are in your life. And if the answer is dissatisfied, then the ball's in your court. But then again, it's an obvious choice. Do something about it. Yeah. Don't tolerate living in pain. I know it's scary, but would you rather just live in pain with no hope of change or face some fear and grow. I know what I'll yeah. choose. Face yeah. some fear and grow because fuck staying in pain. Yeah. And that's it. Like it's yeah, so, so important. And like there's just so many people like they just keep themselves held in that holding pattern for so long. And you're like, why? What? Like if you step in something sore, you're not going to just keep your foot in it. You're going to pull away and do something to look after it. But like so many people just stay in that pain because they're just frozen and afraid to make change. But it's like, you just, you owe it to yourself. You owe it to those around you to just give it a go. Yeah. And not even you owe it, you deserve it. Mm. Like you deserve to live an awesome life. Yeah. What don't, we don't realize potentiality because the mind is so obsessed with control and it's trying to repeat the past to project that into the future. So we're just living the same thing. Let go of certainty. Because if you're certain of what's happening next, you're just creating the same old shit you've experienced. You need to go into possibility. And possibility is inherently tied to fear because it's different and your brain doesn't like new things because that's scary and uncomfortable. So if you're not moving into fear, you're just repeating your past. And if your past didn't contain the love and the depth and the joy that you wanted, then you, it makes no sense to repeat it. So chase fear. Otherwise, you're limiting yourself. And, and it's, well, it's obvious when we put it that way that fear is good. 
fear is the sign that your identity is being threatened, which you've held on to for so long, or your reality is being threatened, which you've held. They're all just safety mechanisms to keep you in your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, and I like to call the comfort zone like a really cushy coffin. You could have, you know, I've got walls around me and air con and everything, but I could have all the nicest stuff. And actually, I actually have a guy in my men's group. His problem is he has all the money in the world. You know, everything's easy, but he has no purpose. He has no challenge. And because that is miserable, he's still in a he's still in the comfort zone. Yeah, and he's still yeah. dissatisfied. It doesn't matter how much shit you have, we want to be on the edge and living life. So go live life. Yeah, yeah, so good, man. Beautiful. Ah, thank you so much for sharing your sharing your magic, dude. Um, you can, man. So yeah, like, so I'll just be putting the stuff, some of the notes and stuff like that in the show notes with uh, how do people can get in contact with you. And like you have like your, is it a 10-week program that you run as well? Yes, I have my course called Step Into Manhood. That's my version of an initiation for modern men. So I thought about like little disconnected Joel who had no fucking idea about life. And I'm like, what if I taught him you know, all the things I gruelingly had to learn to now by studying like the best minds in the world and all of this and studying ancient initiation rituals and all of that stuff. I might, if I could put that into a 10 week course to initiate a man into being a really solid modern man, what would I need to teach him and what experience would I have to create? So the reason I made it 10 weeks as well is because we talked about these peak experiences. It's not just a peak experience. You have to show up and live it for 10 weeks. And that way people actually create true change. So it's not for the faint of heart. Like, well, I'm not there to make you feel good. I'm there to be real with you. I'm there to create transformation. And that's for me, like it's it hurt for me to transform, but now I get to live as I am now. So that's what we do. It's called Step Into Manhood. So good, man. And that's yeah. like, that's semi-online and in person, is it? Or Yeah, so we do weekly Zoom calls. We have education. Every fortnight we have a meetup as well. So we, we do all the learning side, the intellectual side, and then we dive deep into a container. And then we experience that through different, activities so for example we have a sex sexuality workshop coming up this weekend we had a biodynamic breathwork session last weekend we do different embodiment practices and whatnot so it's i hit it from every angle there's a lot of accountability there's a lot of um, integrity it's like it's a well-rounded approach and i believe that's like men like eventually they'll find their own way of doing it but if i expose them to a lot of the tools they've then at least had the opportunity to find what works for them and to go down their their own rabbit holes yeah, so good, man. Sweet. Yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll put all the notes and stuff like that into the show notes with it. And yeah, yeah, definitely, like, reach out, give Joel a follow. Like, he's fucking awesome. I love, I love the energy that you bring, the playfulness. Thank you, my well, man. It's so much fun. So good. Yeah, yeah. Get your dark masculine. Let me be a child. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so much fun, man. Thank you. Yeah. What an honor to talk. I know we can talk yeah. for a long time, so we have to catch up. Awesome, man. So good. Yeah.